From Fargo to Oh Brother, Where Art Thou to No Country for Old Men, we've been known to talk about the Coen brothers on this podcast. And for good reason. As filmmakers, they always manage to balance a tone that feels dark and helpless as often as it feels silly and fun. This time, the target of their classic Cohen misfortunes isn't the Midwest or the South, but our nation's capital. Along with all-star cast George Clooney, Brad Pitt, Francis McDormand, Richard Jenkins, and John Malkovich, all doing the best work of their careers in this podcaster's opinion, the Coens imagine a world where even those in charge of the highest levels of government with top security clearance still don't really know what they're doing, and they act foolishly. Can you imagine? A world where people in Washington, D.C. are stupid? <laughs> Seems pretty far-fetched to me, but we'll hear him out as we talk about Burn After Reading. Report back to me when it makes sense. This is Best Pictures, the podcast where we pick our favorite movies for every year we've been alive. I'm Cody Lunsford, and I'm joined as always by... I'm Mark, and who the fuck is Chad? Chad's a can-do man. I'm Chad. Yep, those are my co-hosts. Uh, so the way this still works is we pick our favorite movie for every year we've been alive, and we are currently in the year 2008. Um, we have previously talked about Wally, uh, and now we're going to talk about Burn After Reading. But before we do that, we have to journey to the Megaplex virtually um and talk about what we've seen recently it, hey it wasn't virtual oh, for me this week wow oh wow i drove out to a magical land uh called covina california more Is like West? covid nina covid no covid fuck you got it no no, no keep going <laughs> covid Huh? Uh, say it again. Say it again. <laughs> say the real way again. Covina. Covina. Covid. 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 The real like. I was going to ask about this. West think, Covina. It's not West Covina. This oh. is the East one. Ah, fuck. Um, I, but uh, I actually think it's like not Covina where I went. <laughs> now that we spent so much time on it. Damn uh, it. I, I can't remember the name of the town, but I definitely drove through Covina to get there to the drive-in movie theater, the Mission Tiki. If you uh, live in the LA area, go to Mission Tiki Drive-In. Sounds like um, it's Tiki themed. It's Tiki themed, but tiki, like- Tiki, 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 Tiki themed. At the end of the day, like you're driving a car into a parking lot and looking at a screen, like it can only be so tiki themed when you're driving well theater. what i mean the concession stand probably has like it's tiki the concession stuff. stand but yeah the, but the food is just burgers hot dogs popcorn yeah. but tiki. is it like hawaiian burgers they like put some pineapple, pineapple on there uh no do they have tiki cups i don't think so hmm. and they don't they don't definitely don't make like tiki cocktails because again it's a drive-in so they don't want people drinking and driving no alcohol allowed um so but it's not the case at the drive-in theater that I went to. Oh, really? Well, yeah, because it got passengers. Yeah. I you guess. have Jennifer Lawrence. You have Chris Pratt. You have all kinds of passengers. Oh, those are the passengers. You have the you robot, have the butler. Robot, robot, <laughs> robot butler. robot butler. Yeah. Um, is it Michael Sheen who's the robot butler? Sounds right. Yeah, it sounds right. Yeah. There's somebody uh, famous who shows up at the end of that movie. Is it like, Matt Damon? No, it's Andy Garcia. Andy Garcia. And it's like, oh, Andy Garcia's here. <laughs> okay. And then the movie ends. And you're like... That was a paycheck. 
Um, what so anyway. like category of celebrity is Andy Garcia? Because you got your A-listers and B-listers. Andy Garcia feels like a B-minus, C-plus lister. I mean, he's a character actor. You know, I don't know. I, I don't ascribe to the, the I mean, A to the F scale. He's in Ocean's Eleven, so uh, yeah. A. Kind of skew- skews. But that's yeah. like the biggest movie he's been in or am i no way jose he is in a freaking godfather my man oh i haven't seen the godfather so i shouldn't be doing a movie podcast until i see that movie he's the titular <laughs> godfather's son the, the titular not godson role oh um wait no he's not in godfather <laughs> Okay, I feel good now because I didn't think he was in Godfather, but since I haven't seen it, I wasn't going to fight you on it. What, what is he in? No, he is. He is. He's in yeah. Godfather Part 3. That's oh, well, that's the bad one, right? Well, it's the not as good one. Okay. I haven't seen that one yet, but I'm going to maybe watch the different cut. But he was in The Untouchable, The Untouchable. Thank you for tuning in to Best Pictures, the podcast where we have strong opinions about movies we have not seen. Uh, I don't he know was in Stand and Deliver. He was in Stand and Deliver. He was Okay, in... neither of those are bigger than the Oceans trilogy. He was in... Uh, Oceans 12, Oceans 13. Uh, Beverly Hills Chihuahua, bitch. Again, <laughs> the Oceans trilogy is bigger. That's what I'm saying. Then, look, Beverly I've, Hills Chihuahua? Are you sure? Chad, I've got two words for you. Uh-huh. Book club. Yep, I knew it was coming. <laughs> two more okay, words. You got two more there. words. The mule. Yep. I have six words for you. Mama Mia, here we go. Again, he plays Cher's love interest in that one. Um, he so the is movie al- I saw at the Mission Tiki Drive-In <laughs> movie theater. He's also in Ghostbusters Answer the Call. I'll tell you a movie he, he was plays not the in. mayor. Mm-hmm. The movie I saw at the drive-in movie theater. It was a double feature. The one we're mainly going to see was Promising Young Woman, which I loved, but we've talked about that on the pod already. So moving on from that. Yep. The first movie I saw was called uh, Shadow in the Cloud. And it asks the question, what if Chloe Grace Moretz was in an airplane? And then what if the airplane was taken over by little big giant bat man bats, giant gremlins. man bats? Oh, gremlins. Yeah, they call them gremlins in the movie. I don't know. Yeah, so it, that was a World War II kind of like... Um superstition is that the gremlins would like get like when you flew high enough the gremlins would get in your planes and like destroy them that's where like the concept of gremlins come from that makes uh the movie make more sense yeah (laughs) which is the problem is we think of gremlins as the movie gremlins which is not the concept gremlins um but that movie came about because royal doll was trying to make a movie with disney about gremlins it was in turnaround forever and ever and then it became the warner brothers gremlins which then tied it to like mogwise and stuff like that it had nothing to do with and these gremlins hey, now we're getting a, an animated series on hbo max right i know it's gonna be yeah. good um, but th- that's where the like nightmare at 20,000 feet or whatever from Twilight Zone, it's playing yeah. with the same idea. That's gotcha. the Gremlins. It, yeah. it felt very much like that episode. Um, there were elements of it that felt like very good, like the movie was rising above what it should have been based on like what the script is and what the I don't know. It, it, was, a, it was a wonderful drive in movie to see, and that it was like engaging and thrilling and I don't know, it's, it's interestingly like low budget 
the yeah. way it was like shot because it's all it's basically like totally in the plane um and it's like a small plane it's like a little fighter plane yeah uh, did you guys ever see overlord because it kind of sounds like that movie a bit i did not see overlord i was curious it's pretty about solid I, it's uh, all right I, yeah i did see overlord I saw it at a film festival uh, and I think I liked it more than I should have because you uh, know, world at premiere festival. at a film festival. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I did um, shake uh, White Russell's hand afterwards. So, ooh, more, White more Russell, worth it. Captain great America, win. just a great handshake, soft but firm. Uh, White Russell, about to be like a way more famous person than he is right now, and he's already the son of a fame of two very famous people. White uh, Russell might play my favorite character, and everybody wants some. Oh, okay. I got to get to that movie. Um, he was he was very good in that. Um, I like the Russell. We still have not seen his face in a Falcon and Winter Soldier trailer, but like he is in it. A oh lot. yeah, yeah. He's Captain yeah. America. That's right. Also, I don't know what they're gonna call him. Um, probably but... that. Probably Captain America. Also, <laughs> yeah, that's probably it. Um, but um yeah so it sounds like shadow in the cloud not not a lot to write home about but like it's no, fun I mean, it's 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 exciting um there was one part that like i don't know if it was supposed to evoke this reaction but i like almost fell out of the car laughing because um, <laughs> it was just so outlandishly like silly yeah but like it, it felt like a movie that like it was trying to be like a modern day like b movie that like isn't taken too seriously sure it, it felt like it was like trying to do that and i think the moments it was like least successful is when it like deviated away from that and tried to like have an arc i guess right. for chloe grace right. moretz like those the monologue she gives where it's like all right but the man bats let's get back to those right things. let's get back to those yeah. um yeah it's um i was thinking when you were describing it like oh this is kind of a weird time for this movie to come out but then i forget like it is january this is when yeah. movies like this typically come out but i just feel like it, it just feels like award movie catch-up season more than it ever has but that's because there's still four right. months worth of things coming out and i keep thinking it's all coming out right now was, was this not. one that got pushed at one point i don't remember ever hearing about it i, I, I doubt it i, went I think to it see... probably got pushed from theaters but yeah well it sounds um, like it's still in theaters well the it, as much as theaters are open it, yeah. it's not playing at like amc or anything that i can tell gotcha. um so that's, I mean, that's kind of interesting. This movie, it is like a tiny micro, but yeah, like, it's on micro, VOD it's right now. Yeah. I do know that. Oh, about okay. It. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Check so, it out if you're into like that kind of like B movie, like just fun action. If you just want to like shut off and en enjoy like a, a, a little thrilling fantasy period piece with like girl boss power, watch it. But I don't know. Don't go out of your way if you aren't into that specific of a movie. Mark, speaking huh? of movies that elicit a eh, reaction, yeah. tell us about the movie you watched uh, watched this week. So I watched a movie starring the star of the movie we're discussing this week. Uh, George Clooney's directorial effort, uh, not his first by any means, but maybe his least successful, uh, Midnight Sky, uh, a straight-to-Netflix movie. Uh, it's 
it's George Clooney's announcement to the world that he's old now. Um, he does look very gray. And, yeah, uh, he has stills. gray hair and like a Jeff Bridges esque gray beard. Yeah. Um, and it's about uh, he is a guy in the Arctic and something has happened to the world where everybody is dead. Um, and he has to find a way to contact a ship that was out exploring a possible new earth and tell them, turn around and go back. Right. Nobody is here for you. Um, and uh, the other half of the movie is the people on that ship who are uh, much more interesting than hmm. George Clooney being cold. Huh. So does the movie not really know how the correct balance of the movie? Yeah, I mean, I just... All of the George Clooney stuff is pretty boring. It felt he like kind of has this like little girl sidekick that doesn't talk. And it felt very like Logan-ish. Sure. Uh, and it's like, you know, clearly old man finds a way to like, you know, accept his age by, you know, working with a, a young person, um, which is just kind of like cliche and boring mm -hmm. now. Uh, but all of the space stuff, I mean, the space stuff was just like, people living in a space station which is always fun it will always entertain me and who are the actors in the space station um it's like it's felicity jones felicity jones should away is for um uh i will look up more of them it's all like kind of recognizable actors beyond that um every time i type in midnight sky it pulls up the uh miley cyrus song yeah <laughs> which isn't even played in the movie which is a shame damn it um oh kyle chandler is kyle like the chandler. captain mm. it's um, also david oelio not oh Chilway not Chilway. okay i get them mixed up because uh i'm racist um mark's not really racist guys. yeah please don't isolate <laughs> that sentence <laughs> if you're a new listener that statement was more about me recognizing my biases you, i'm sorry um Mark yeah. just can't recognize anyone is the truth of it. What's like an example of a white actor you've gotten? Oh, he does it all the time. It's all the time. It's, it's not all a, the time. Yeah. Um, Cause I know there's like one specifically that you always mess up. Well, there's a, there's the directors, there's Shane Black. You get oh, yeah. mixed up with Guy Ritchie. Yeah. <laughs> if you go back to our episode about Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, I say that, uh, Shane Black was married to Madonna. Nope, that was Guy Ritchie. Um, none of you corrected me. Uh, I'm sure. positive that I did. Um, um, because that feels like my role is to just tell Mark. But yeah, it's not that Mark's uh, racist. It's just that he's incredibly he's stupid. stupid. <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely. It's like I was introduced to two new black actors in the same year, and I was like, mm, same person. Yeah. So you can't process all kinds of people. Yeah. One person at a time. Oh, um, God. Cody, someone else that is in the space station is um, someone from the following, which I is didn't a show watch. I, it's the killing you've watched. See, again, <laughs> listener. <laughs> I knew that it was the killing I'm that you stupid. were talking about, <laughs> but I was like, nope, I'm going to let him. The um, following is the, isn't that Kevin, the Kevin Bacon, Bacon? There's a serial. I kind of wanted to watch leader. it. Yeah. Season season one was pretty good. Season two lost 
Or maybe it was like that, the first half of season one was good and the second half of season one was good. Is that, that the Aaron Paul Hulu show? No, nope, that that's is the a path. different cult <laughs> show. Yeah, that's the path. Kevin the Bacon following... is like a cop and there's an Edgar yeah. Allan Poe serial killer. Yes, that's right. It has uh, it has uh, Iceman in it. Wait, um, isn't, isn't that The Raven? The it came Raven. out like the, basically the same year, but... This the Raven's is about day. Edgar Allan Poe. Yeah, the Raven is like, hey, Edgar Allan Poe, help us solve crimes because there's a serial killer who's inspired by your poems and short stories. So the, the following is the same thing, but Edgar Allan Poe isn't in it. Correct. Right, it's Kevin Bacon. Cool. Instead. But cool. what's fucked up is that same that same TV season is when Sleepy Hollow came out, which was what if Ichabod Crane woke up and solved crimes in the modern day? But it was about ghostly stuff. I kind of like that. Was show that really the pitch of that it. show? Yes, it is. Oh it gosh. is most definitely the pitch of that show. I, I really want to get episodes. back to it because I'm like, yeah, it's weird. I, I. I just love that for most like um, network shows, it's like, okay, okay, okay. Premise, premise, premise. And also they're a detective. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? Fine. You got to have I, an episodic reason to check right. in week after I, week. I, I have just Satisfying like, little mystery. I have realized, like, I think I'm about to get into like, Right now I'm leaning towards like British mystery shows. Like I want to watch the one that Kenneth Branagh did. And apparently there is a Helen Mirren solves crime show, which is how she was introduced. And I'm like, okay, I want to get to this. But I think I'm like leaning into like, you know, Cody, the comfort of solving a mystery really quick. It's like good to me right Cody, now. Cody, you got to watch Psych. Psych is funny so, though. I, I don't want funny. But I'm it's solving mysteries. A, I am not a fan of Psych. The, the mysteries aren't good though is the thing. Hmm. Uh, right now I'm watching Sherlock, so come at me, Tumblr. Um, but but I'm like, I, I think I may start falling prey to these these network pitches of Dracula, but he solves crimes. Well, that sounds good. I, I think that is one of them. Um, there was a Frankenstein that solved crimes. Was that a I Frankenstein? No. But then there was Robot Solve Crime. That was the Carl Urban show. Then there was Skynet Solve Crime. That was the Michael Emerson uh, Jesus one. Person yep. of interest. I watched a lot of that show. It's good. Um, gosh, I this has now got me thinking. Mark tweeted about this of the like post Lost shows. Oh, like. Yeah. They they all tried to do the lost thing, but then they also tried to do the miss the like week by week procedural thing, which is what got them so like yeah. buck wild. Alcatraz is the weirdest example of that. Yeah, like, Alcatraz one is by weird. one. All of the prisoners of Alcatraz start reappearing. And uh-huh. They gotta like lock them back up or something. Is that the- yeah? <laughs> Flash just- forward <laughs> is a weird one too. That's Flash the forward. one. I watched that one. It's kind of good. Watch that one beginning. That I remember. End. Um, I doubt it was actually good, but I remember it being good. I know there was a end, kangaroo you mean like beginning to one. middle, right? Because right. it did not end. It did not end. Right. I watched the event. I watched V. I watched the event. I watched V. Yep. V had a season two cliffhanger that was like insane. Like everyone was dying or like, uh, it was. That's the one where they reveal the aliens like early though, right? Because uh, the original v... miniseries in the 70s was like well known for like, Oh shit! They're creepy green aliens, and that was a big reveal. But I feel like the 
the this reboot reveal yeah i think in the pilot episode they were like having meetings where they like would make them cut the behind their ears so they could see if there was like reptile skin underneath yeah like (laughs) because that's what they did they literally wore skin that's incredible better days now Um, everybody tries to make everything good which is annoying Have I complained? I probably have complained about like the problem with this era of prestige TV is too many people are trying to make good things, but not everybody can make good things. And so you get a lot of things dressed up like good things that are actually like horrendous and miserable to watch and not in a fun way. I mean, I don't think that people were trying to make bad movies or (laughs) bad TV shows. I don't think they were trying to make bad things. I think they were just like, these can be what they are. And I'm not going to have like my my uh yeah I, druthers I, about me i like, think the I'm problem just... is that like it used to be like you had csi you had sure survivor and you had the sopranos and then now they're like okay now you have the sopranos and you have Su- survivor you have like you know your prestige tv yeah and you have 90 day fiance and there's right. no like medium tv i mean there still is so, so that's the other difference is like where is the equivalent of that i don't know i just feel like there was an era where people were like hey we can just do s- crazy shit just to have it on tv rather than try and make like a i don't know well i think the other problem is that like we used to be able to be like okay anything that's on like cbs and cw is like kind of ignorable unless sure. you like kind of want to watch that kind of thing yeah but there isn't like a streaming service that's like mediocre plus or whatever they that's, would call that, it. Honestly, that is basically what I'm looking for. I, like, I know this feels stupid and whiny, but there is an element of like, sometimes I don't want to watch something that like requires a lot of attention, requires me to like focus and on good. Sometimes I just want a TV show to be playing and me half pay attention and then be like, whoa, wait, that's weird. Yeah, um, that's not but, me. I, I can't do that. Oh, gosh, I need it. But that being said, I have not watched Evil yet on CBS, and that may be exactly the show I'm looking for. Because people say that show's batshit, but, like, Mm -hmm. fun and good. So My understanding is that Hannibal might uh, scratch a similar itch. I think Hannibal's prestige. Yeah, I think Hannibal leans prestige. It was on NBC, like, primetime. Yeah, but yeah, but I remember yeah. even back then people were like, "How is this on like basic, like?" I think that TV? was more than anything about like, if I remember right, about like the violence and just the gore. The gore the is yeah. like crazy, yeah. Um, but I, I, I will get to evil soon and try and convince you guys to watch um, it. I'm sure. But Cody, what did you see at the Megaplex this week? Oh, a really good movie, <laughs> like a legitimately one of my favorite movies of the year. But you know. Um, I saw Sound of Metal, which is um, it's a movie where Riz Ahmed plays a heavy metal drummer and he starts to lose his hearing, and it's about him learning to cope with that, but also kind of more about him attempting to refuse to cope uh, with it. Um, it's really good. It's got so it's the writer, but with drums. No, no, no. Huh. Um, I mean, I guess, but no, I don't know. Okay. It um, it uh, that wasn't like a criticism of no, like, I know, oh, it's just know. doing the same I thing. Know. It was just like the writer. The writer made me sleepier. <laughs> at, you know, my comment. I mean, how could you sleep criticism. with all the loud, loud drums playing? Uh, exactly. I I just uh, 
it it takes some interesting turns um and the supporting performances all down the all you know all throughout the movie are like really good in uh sound of metal so it's it's really good to watch riz ahmed is like insanely good in it i can't feel like he's already blown up a bit but i can't wait for him to uh blow up even more um he's he's literally been in a star wars movie and a marvel um what marvel was he in venom a marvel adjacent okay Um, (laughs) he played he played other gooey man he played gooey man he he played uh huge scientist Slate's boss shut up i didn't mean to tell you to shut up mark i love you but i need you guys to tell me do not look it up keep your hands where i can see them what is the name of the uh symbiote version of riz ahmed's character it's car no it's not carnage it's something it's stupid that's like uh, i know what is it anger or uh-huh uh pissed off <laughs> okay mark thinks it's pissed off i don't know I, I i didn't even realize he had a name oh he definitely does keep guessing Sim- keep guessing symbiote bad deal. no it's like some like emotion or is something it- you keep guessing. I mean, I have I have no idea. I'd just be yeah. guessing words. Like, just are you ready? Are yeah. you ready? Riot. Riot. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's oh, a bad name, but it's so uh, funny. that man. has no like comic like basis, right? Um, no, let me double no check. Riot character. No, riots. Riots in it. Riot is not a big symbiote. He's not one of the big ones. Your yeah. bigger ones are. He was pretty big. Right. <laughs> he was pretty big um symbiote how did uh jenny slate say it in the trailer before symbiote. they read it? symbiote symbiote yeah um i forgot jenny slate is in that movie as a as like a scientist so yeah. i love jenny slate but yeah she's great but that movie is not she's not a scientist so your big ones are venom carnage toxin anti-venom no, she was the reporter trying to like take down the scientists yes yeah. Then you is have, that right? Okay. Yeah. You have Scream, who is the Venom character in the Spider-Man ride at Universal because they wanted a girl Venom in it, and she was the girl symbiote. Um, Remember when Michelle Williams A was in Venom and uh, B got all sticky? Yeah, it was weird. It's weird. Do you guys know about Null? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Noel is like the god of symbiotes in the comics. It's uh, pretty crazy. Sounds dumb. No, it's good. So, Sound of Metal, good. Sound of Metal's bad. good. It's it's one of my favorite movies of the year. I don't know. It's hard to you talk know, about because you guys haven't seen it. So, like when I'm just monologuing, it's not as fun. But it, ironically, it's good. in Spider-Man Three, the Sound of Metal is Venom's weakness. So it did come full circle. I mean, Riz Ahmed was actually the connection. But yeah, <laughs> that works too. Um, but yeah, it's good. I don't know. I, I want you guys to see it so we can talk about it a bit more. But it's it's definitely a, a best picture recommends. Yeah. It's uh, in my top five of the year now. Uh, there is a, a growing list of Amazon movies that I need to see. Yes. By that, I mean two. Three. <laughs> Maybe three. Maybe four. <laughs> okay. Well, there's five for you, Cody. And it's called Small Axe. Okay. You've got to watch Time. Um sound of metal and what's the other one 
Uh, one night in Miami. One night Miami. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I I I think this. I think Sound of Metal will get awards attention. Um, just how much it will get is kind of the question. So, um, but it's really good. We will see. We will see in fucking four months from now. Um, but hey. We are here for a very explicit explicit purpose, and that is to talk about Burn After Reading, which Chad selected as his favorite movie of 2008. So, Chad, explain yourself. Um, so I think I've I think I'm on record on this pod saying that the Coens are more than likely my favorite filmmakers. Not the most consistent. There's been a couple I wasn't crazy about, but when they like knock it out of the park that's like favorite movie level like good and last year we talked about um no country for old men yes which is like probably my second favorite coen brothers movie Mm -hmm. because burn after eating is i think their best movie they've ever made um fascinating people, we are going to get into that yeah so people talk about the coens and like they are the as as like nihilistic filmmakers um and i think that that theme is more present in this movie than any other of their work just this i whole... think oh is it because it's said multiple times pretty explicit like... well yeah but like on top even if even if you didn't have a jk simmons character i think like <laughs> It would still yeah. like hold true that just like it's just this is just a series of like miscommunications are what's driving the plot and like nothing yeah. is like actually no one's actually doing what they think they're doing. And the only people with any like kind of power in this movie are like complete idiots. Yeah. Who just fumble it. And they don't actually have any power because they have someone's memoirs that they, yeah. that no one cares about. And I did say memoirs like that because yeah. it's hilarious. It, and that's how they say it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's that how like one person says it. The the AV Club wrote an article a couple of years ago that was talking about like kind of looking at Cohen Brothers movies in pairs that are like kind yeah. of thematically linked. And this and No Country are yes. like definitely the pair of like straight nihilistic movies. Mm-hmm. It's just yes. one is a comedy, one is more serious. I didn't um, find No this Country is that obviously funny. No, okay, well, good bit. Uh, this is the comedy. Yeah. So, um, when did you first see this movie? Um, I saw this movie after I had seen several Coen Brothers movies already. This was probably in the last five years I saw it for the first time. I don't okay. Know. Some more of a recent acquisition. More of a recent acquisition. Because, like, oh, brother, where art thou has been in my life for, like, as long as I can remember. Um, mm-hmm. And Fargo saw at some point in high school. I don't know. Yeah. But, yeah, this one was one of the, the later years Coen's that yeah, I picked up along the way. Partially because it is a slightly newer movie. I mean, we're in 2008 now, so. Right. Yeah. Um, I had definitely seen it before. Not many times. Um, kind of left it this time the way I left it the last time where it's like, it's good, I think. I, everybody says it's good and I think it's good, but it I just kind of feel like, huh. 
while leaving it. I will be upfront and say this time while watching it, I was super exhausted after work. So I think that may play into it mm-hmm. a little bit for this particular time. But I also sort of had that reaction last time. Um, and I've seen some other people kind of have a similar reaction of like, I don't know. We'll talk about this as it goes, but if the point of an, a whole movie is what's the point of anything, it is hard for me to be it, what's the point of this whenever I'm done with to it. To me, it's, it's also, it's it's about like the meaninglessness of life, but it's also just about like bureaucracy and complete incompetence. It's about a lot of things. It feels like and, the clowns in Congress joke to me at times. At times. <laughs> We never see a congressman, but yes. I know. Yes. Yeah, and I mean, I think it's not like anybody who has, like, uh, government power in this movie is shown to be inept at their job by any means. Um, I mean, George Clooney is a buffoon, but, right. like, he uh, is still clearly a good bodyguard. He kills someone well. Um okay but is he he that good of a bodyguard because his like reaction in that scene is like dropping his gun in front of the person he shot and running away like a coward he's not a bodyguard is he he's got he he used to be he used to be secret service right right, right. uh and now he's done something else um but i mean yeah he what's funny about him is is clearly the fact that he goes the whole movie of by bragging about how he's never had to use his gun. Right. Uh, and then he does. So, and I think that he is kind of a coward. Um, yeah. But his training still kicks in. Um, and, you know, John Malkovich, um, he is, you know, is never shown to be bad at his job. And however bad he is, he gets demoted for it. So it, it's, it's more, I don't know what this movie is. About, about it's not about anything like like that that's the thing it, it's not about anything i mean it, it's wearing that on its shoulders like pretty proudly it's it's a comedy though so like to what extent does it have to be ab- about oh, it, anything it doesn't it doesn't have to be but i think that's why i leave it feeling a little like removed and cold from it but also like no country that's essentially the point of that movie as well but i think no i mean I would not say that No Country for Old Man is about nothing. I think it's about no, no, the no, fact that... It's about that, nothing matters. Like, yes. it, it's, it's coming for you eventually. Yes, it's not litter, It's not Seinfeld. Um, but, right, it's not that. But, like, I don't even know that it's about nothing matters, but, like, I don't know. it Because it, they are so, like, full of so many things. Like, and it... So, so often in the Cohen's filmography, like, they can, like, you know tie into what's beautiful about life um not so much if what you find if what you find is beautiful is the meaninglessness of it no i I just that's not my worldview at all so i think that's why sometimes they don't always jive i think it can be about finding the the beauty and like the present as opposed to being concerned about the you know the future or whatever um i think that like Mm. uh something that's interesting about this movie is that Frances McDormand is like completely motivated. Her entire motivation is she wants to get plastic surgery so she can like meet guys. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, like her coworker is obsessed with her and would like, is basically in love with her and like gives his life to help her. Um, So I, I think, 
you know, it's a little bit about the lengths we go to to get things that we think we need that we don't actually need. Right. Um, I don't know. I also think this movie is just really fucking funny. Um, it's I, I think that just so because funny. it's a Coen Brothers movie doesn't mean that, like, just because it's a Coen Brothers movie doesn't mean that we have to, like, search for meaning. Like, what is fucking Napoleon Dynamite about? Well, the Napoleon well, Dynamite I mean, it's, it's about, like, outsiderness and growing like, up. It's, about, yeah, up. Yeah. it's actually about a lot of things. It's a great hey, coming-of-age uh, classic, but... Speak um, on why it's funny. Because I I I understand that it's like kind of zany and that there's moments that are humorous, but I've I've definitely laughed more at other Coen Brothers movies. So this it could just not be in line with well, my sense of humor. So so explain to me those funny moments that really work for you guys. It's incredibly zany and definitely like madcap yeah. in like an old Hollywood kind of way. Yes. But also like George Clooney's character is incredibly funny, just in his like womanizing um like his cowardice the way he brags about having a gun but never having to use it like just the irony mm-hmm. of him like bragging about how he carries a gun has never used it but his training will kick in and then that's exactly what happens but it freaks him way uh, a, a out lot when of it this, happens a lot of this movie that's funny to me is like the presentation of things like they, they keep setting up these um like spy tropes like he's being followed or like what is he building in the basement and then the reveal of what he's building in the basement is like a dildo machine um stuff like that where it's like yeah <laughs> the, the pulling the rug out is part of what's funny but yeah it's also just these characters who are just like george clooney i've always said he's best when he thinks he's the smartest person in the room but he's actually the dumbest person in the room and yeah. no one gets that better than the coens i think like, oh, brother, where art thou? And this, I prefer to like, as much as I like him in the Oceans movies, him as like just a cool guy, it's fine. But it's like, nah, I'd rather I think him he think in the uh, Oceans movies. He does. Think, He's good in that. But this is where I prefer him. Yeah. I mean, I think that what works so well about this movie is that he is so cool. And same with Brad Pitt. I think that this is maybe one of Brad Pitt's best performances and easily his funniest performance. Yeah. Um, I don't know of another I mean, role where he's in a straight comedy like this, or he's a yeah. straight comedic character like this. What would... Yeah, I can't think of anything. I mean, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood would be the argument. But he's not like the joke character in that. He's like a cool character in that. I feel he like some, he's got the funniest some, things to do in it. I mean, he has funny scenes. I mean, when yeah. he trips at the end, that's funny, but like, I don't know. I think that he's funnier in this than that. I'll oh, look it up. I mean, I I think he's just his hilarious in the oceans movies. Um, I guess Rusty's funny. He isn't the funniest is character funny. in those movies. No, though. he's not. I mean, um, Matt Damon maybe are, is funnier. Um, well, Casey I mean, Affleck like, and his Casey Affleck and Scott Con. Uh, they're the are uh, yeah, they're incredibly the funny. Yeah. Uh, the tech guy is funny. Uh, Basher is funny. We're gonna talk about Ocean's Eleven. I'll talk about Ocean's Eleven. Um, but yeah, when when but but when you ask like what's funny about it, like do you not find like every word out of John Malkovich's mouth funny? Or no, no. I, I I find some of it funny, but no, do I do I find every bit of it funny? No, I don't. Like, I don't know. Do you, I don't know why this one has really never hit me in the way that it seems to for a lot of people. I think that like this screenplay is so funny. And yeah. Brad Pitt is doing like an incredible comedic, like physical comedy performance. 
just him like r- running on a treadmill and just like pumping his arms mm-hmm. kills me. Him like like mm-hmm. coming to Francis McDormand's house in the middle of the night, still listening to music and still dancing to music as he is like giving her the rundown of what's on the file is mm-hmm. so yeah. funny to me. The um, the delivery when he's like looking over her shoulder as she's like looking at all the the DC singles. And she talks about like one of the guys is in uh, some boring department. I don't even remember what it was. Like he was in. Now, now I'm butchering the joke, but basically just that he's like some boring government job and his supportive reaction, just the earnest like, oh, that's great. It's just funny. Like he's just a nice, kind soul who's very stupid and doesn't know anything. Um. Yeah, I'm I'm honestly more confused about how you cannot find this movie. Yeah. <laughs> I think I mean, it's somewhat funny. I just don't I don't I don't get the reverence for it in the same way. Because we this is the fourth Cohen brothers we've talked about. It will not be the last Cohen brothers we talked about. What else is coming up? Oh it, Lewin Davis probably. Lewin Davis, yeah. yeah. I uh, the problem is there's other good movies in 2010, but I love True Grit from what I remember. I need to rewatch it, but um, I only like saw that, that in funny. the theaters in 2010. I haven't seen it since. I've seen it like two it. or three times, and it uh, is very slow. Yeah. I just remember Jeff Bridges being unintelligible. That's all I remember. He, he is a bit in it. That's where Haley Seinfeld came on. She yeah, almost yeah. got like awards attention for that movie. Um, but spoiler alert for later conversations. This is, I, I don't want to say least favorite because I recognize that this movie is good. I, again, this is what happens a lot on this podcast. Why where are you it, bullying me? Where where this gets positioned as me hating it because I don't like it as much. Um, but this, of the four, this is fourth of all the Coens we've talked about. Um, and weirdly enough, for Coens that make me laugh, it's third of the ones we've talked about. I, Oh Brother and Fargo both make me laugh more. Um, I couldn't fully explain what it is, but there's something about this one. Maybe it's the fact that, the, no, Oh Brother is overtly a comedy. Cause I was like, maybe it's the fact that it's like overtly a comedy and trying to be a comedy yeah. the whole time. Something I did note, which I found pretty interesting. And I don't know, it could have been the era, but the way that it was shot is how a lot of studio comedies of the time seem to be shot. I was a little shocked by how it looked. I was like, oh, if you told me this was a, if you just showed me a scene with no context and told me it was a Judd Apatow movie, like visually they were kind of shot in a Mm. similar way, which is interesting because the Coens are kind of known for like, the sweeping vistas and all those other things. This is their first movie without Roger Deakins. Uh, ah. which hurts a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, that makes sense. I didn't, I should have done. I was going to ask if it was Deacons in this one. Cause it doesn't feel like a Deacons movie at all. No, it kind of looks like a studio comedy, which isn't a knock against it. I like studio comedies, mm-hmm. but I mean, something it's, that my brain recognized and was like, huh? Okay. It's Lubetsky who is like Michael Mann, Tim Burton, Alfonso Caron's guy. I think he worked. So he worked with Spielberg a couple times too. Maybe. Yeah. Um, he's he's not like a studio comedy. No, uh, I know. Cinematographer. I know. Yeah. And and that's what I was trying to figure out. Was it like, 
oh, Judd Apatow wanted to start making all of his movies kind of look like this because he was doing like the James L. Brooks, like dramedy style, or was everything of this era just like moving more towards this? I don't know. It's, uh, it just didn't look like how a lot of uh, Coen Brothers looks. And now hearing that specifically, that makes sense. Which like, to me, it, it makes sense that this doesn't have the same style as like an O Brother, a Fargo, or a No Country because of like its setting and like who it's about. Like yeah. when you start on like the image of Earth and you're like zooming satellite in and then you're in the CIA headquarters, it's just- Yeah, it, that doesn't it's a, fail. It's a totally yeah. different feeling than any other Coen Brothers movie, at least that we've talked about on the pod or that- Probably. I, think of off my head. I mean, I'm sure none of us have seen. Uh, I haven't seen like the Lady Killers. Right, seen... and I I think that could be in a closer vibe to this, maybe from what I hear about it. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, it it's not that it's bad. It just doesn't hit me in the same way. You know, it's it's got a few good moments that stand out to me, but again, it's just I think it's the fact that it's the fourth Coen Brothers movie we talked about, in all honesty, because it's hard for me not to compare them to those other three, which I just hold to a whole other like Yeah, standard. and I don't correct me if you're if I'm wrong, but you're not saying that this is your least favorite Coen Brothers movie. You're just saying that it's your least favorite of the four like all stars that we've picked. Where I think I prefer fall? this to Hill Caesar or I think I like Hell Caesar more. Okay, well. Um, but let me look at all the Coen Brothers. It's not. I don't like the fucking Netflix one, really, at all. I kind of, like, don't oh, yeah. like yeah. that movie kind of like even it. a little bit. Yeah. I, I think I like four-sixths of it. I couldn't even tell you which ones I liked and didn't I like. I think but... I like two parts of it. I like the Dudley Dursley, and I like the, 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 the one at the beginning with the... Yeah, but the, the yeah. ballad of Buster yeah. Scruggs. Yeah, I, I like those, but I kind of can't remember the other ones. Okay, um, let's run through this one. I like Raising Arizona more. I haven't seen... And that's another I, straight comedy. Yeah. Yep, I love Raising Arizona. Um, wow, there's a lot of these I haven't seen. Like Lady Killers. Yeah, I mean, they, um, they've they've had a yeah. like a long career and I've really only seen like 2000s in after for the most part other than Fargo and like Miller's Crossing and Raising Arizona. Of the ones I've seen, it's I've not my weeks. least favorite because of Buster Scruggs, but it probably it's probably tied with True Grit, but True Grit needs to be rewatched for me to have a real opinion on it. Um because I don't remember, but um, I think I like everything else I've seen, probably. Oh, I do like Lebowski more, even though Lebowski's a movie that I whine about a lot, just because I think people can be annoying about it. I I like it more than A Serious Man. I'll give Chad that one, because um, Chad doesn't like yeah. that movie at all. I think that movie's I good, mean, but I, I like this one more. I don't know. There, there's things I appreciate about The Serious Man, but it's just a slog to watch for me. That's This movie's not a slog for me, but that's similar to how I feel. Where, like, you know, I like some of the things this movie's doing. It's just, again, mm-hmm. when we talk and, about four to five movies from the same set of directors, it's hard sure, yeah. because it, you're always thinking about the other ones. And then I'm thinking about the one that is coming, which is my favorite of all of them. Um mm. 
It is so excuse now, it. We've but tell me why it's to, good. We've talked a lot about like how good Brad Pitt is in this and how good George yep. Clooney is in it. Frances McDormand. Um, I think she's good. I mean, when is she bad yeah. is the question. When is she bad is the question. This is <laughs> I, the funniest I think she's ever been that I've seen her be. I would agree. Yeah. Uh, I'm racking my brain to think of a God, counter Now I've got to look but... up friends. <laughs> we saw... don't have to go on the whole same rabbit trail <laughs> with Francis McDormand. But well, uh, three billboards. <laughs> <laughs> when she talks to that deer, I was rolling on the floor laughing. Um, um, Madagascar three. Um, right. No, I'm trying to. Th- she's in a Nancy Myers movie and is pretty fun in that movie. I mean, she's pretty funny in. Fargo just yeah. she's, she's yeah, less she of a, is. she's less of a joke character like to right. have a character whose whole motivation is getting like plastic surgery um and then it is causes... willing to commit like treason to do that yeah like she's to going that, yeah. to the Russians with like what she believes is like classified <laughs> intel <laughs> to trade for the money for her surgeries so funny um She's in something's got to give, the, and she she's pretty okay. funny in that. She plays like the the best friend in that movie, which is a fascinating Frances McDormand role. But um, but like, yeah, she's funny in this movie. I think um, what's so funny about this movie too is just how like everyone, like the Russians at the embassy included, they just sort of like go along with what they're right. told is yeah. happening without really like finding out more information. Like he takes the CD and he's like. Okay, like we'll we'll take a look at this, guys. I'm so excited about the next few Francis McDormand roles. Well, there's Nomadland coming. She's Nomadland, which is going to be huge, right? But then she's in The French Dispatch. Um, yes. Yep. But more importantly, for <laughs> I don't know, I'm like so an animated fucking, dog. Nah, but I'm so fucking excited for this movie, and Mark probably is also, and Chad also probably is. She is playing Lady Macbeth to oh, Denzel's yeah. Lord Macbeth in Hell Joel yeah. Cohen's adaptation of Macbeth coming yeah. out this fucking year. Like, ah, that is very exciting to me. It's, I, and there's something weird about it too that they're not really saying it's shot in black and white, but also like it may not set take place in the actual time that it supposedly takes place. I don't know. Um, I'm so everyone just sets Shakespeare whenever they fucking want to shut Shakespeare, set Shakespeare. I just, a Cohen Shakespeare movie is, is fascinating. They've already done Homer. Um, so like, I feel like, I mean, I haven't seen, I don't know. I think I think that, that they're well suited for each other because like a lot of Shakespeare drama starts being built upon misunderstandings. Oh, for sure. Um, I just don't know how much he's rewriting Macbeth or if it's going to be like yeah. a straighter Macbeth. I really don't know, but I'm so fascinated by that movie. Um, yes, Francis McDormand is good in this. I think everybody's good in this movie. I don't think anybody's bad. J.K. Simmons makes me chuckle every time he's on screen because yeah, I he think you, is very exasperated. You left off Tilda Swinton when you were going through the star-studded cast. Uh, oh, I did. Which is I? honestly really huge. Yeah. She's good. She has a pr- very small role. Um, but I, I think that the like both divorce storylines are kind of a good like juxtaposition of like here are people 
with power who are like in relationships that are falling apart and then like here mm-hmm. are people without power who are just looking for a relationship and willing to commit treason or attempt to commit treason uh <laughs> in order to do so it's um it that way it's it's also Tilda and George reteaming a year after they do Michael Clayton, which was a huge movie for both of yeah. them. Um, so I, I I think that's cool. Um, we did have somebody in real life just try and sell a laptop to Russians. Yeah, I know. It's hard not to think about that. It's insane. Nancy Pelosi's laptop. Yeah, kind of crazy. That one but... had actual files on it though. So yeah. right, it wasn't her memoirs. <laughs> I mean, maybe I'm they were. I'm thinking about writing my memoirs. I I do like a John book or something of a memoir. I feel like I need to watch more Malkovich movies because um, I feel like there was. I really haven't seen him in that you much. Gotta watch Space Force. There's a uh, mm. being John Malkovich. Is, oh, uh, see, that's the one I've seen. He plays the titular role. I feel like he's in like a like a, an uh, adaptation of like um whatever Cruel Intentions is based on. He's in some adaptation of like a you know costume trauma that's supposed to be really good. Um, that is I it Cruel Intentions like Le Cousin Dangereux or whatever? Ah, uh, Dangerous Liaisons. Yes, that's it. Gotcha. <laughs> and and that is the movie that he's in. Um, but um yeah i don't the, the cast in this is really fun um richard jenkins um what else do we want to talk about you guys watched this on peacock i want to dive into that i did yeah how how was it, it there were commercial breaks which i wasn't a fan of but because uh-huh. i've seen it like four or five times already i just rolled with it didn't want to rent it or anything so it didn't front load the commercials it did them in between no it, it's like a tv show like watching it on tv where they yeah. they put it in like scene breaks which is nice oh, good i mean and that's good the commercial it was just one commercial per break for me like it was like yeah. 30 yeah. seconds and it's over it's not bad like we're having to watch through a lot of commercials so gotcha. it's fine i i think in the future for peacock if it's like a movie i haven't seen before i might just rent it but right. for this it was it was good it was- i'll probably end up upgrading peacock at some point when i remember too <laughs> Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. Mark is promising that at some point. I own it, so that I was able to watch it. I own it oh, on nice. Blu-ray, weirdly, which makes me think that there was a Hastings sale where it was like five yeah. bucks, and I was like, ah, I oh yeah, that's this going up. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I thought that I owned it, but I couldn't find it the other day, so I, I probably just lost it somewhere. Um, this is where Mark is accusing me of stealing because we not, were roommates. Um, no, I, I hadn't seen it when we were roommates. I would have bought it after that. Right, right, right. Um, although it is likely that I bought it at McKay and you took it home. So No, it is not likely. <laughs> this is my copy of it. I I, I know. I got it from Hastings. Um, oh, so now you're certain you got it now from he's positive. No, I'm not now certain. I, so I'm not certain sure. I got it from Hastings, but I know I didn't get it from McKay's because <laughs> I had a whole different stack of movies. Mark or Chad, did we tell you that story? No. So I went to visit Mark and I was like, okay, I have a bunch of single issue comics and I like having them, but I never finished any runs because it became too expensive to keep buying single issue comics. People are going to kill me to know that I'm supporting the downfall of a business by not buying single issue comics, but it's, it's just a costly habit. I ran the math the other day because I use Marvel unlimited. And if I bought every comic I read, I would have spent 
$3,800 a year. Which and I pay, you wouldn't have. Which I wouldn't have, but I pay 60 instead. So that $60 instead. So that math kind of works out. Anyway, I, so and I was, get people like me who has Marvel Unlimited, but like reads two things on it and it balances right. out. Yeah. Um, but, um, so, so I was bringing all my single issue comics and Mark and I went to McKay's and I sold it and I got so much money for those, um, those comics that it was hard for me to buy things. I like left, I left McKay's with like, I think it was like 12 books and like 20 movies. I paid for half of a video game. I got, I gave Mark something. Day. I can't remember what it was that I was like, Mark, uh, here's this. Yeah. It was like a book. I think, um, Chad, <laughs> right. I don't like, think you've been to McKay's, but no, like, I haven't. imagine can... Hastings times like four. Oh, so it's better than, better than Hastings. Yeah. It's huge. It's fucking massive. Where is it's, this? It's in, in Chattanooga Chad. and Knoxville. Chattanooga. Okay. There's a location in Knoxville as well. Yeah. Um, that's a, uh, that's incredible. It's, it's rad. That's like insane. a problem I'd really like to have is like not knowing what to buy with all the money I got. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's like Hastings. They don't have any new movies, though. It's all used. It's um, all used stuff. Yeah. But it's ridiculous. You can get movies for like a quarter. And, um, and yeah, I usually I, scratched. But the, I, I, the, sorry, the ones that you buy for a quarter are scratched. The ones that you right. buy for $2 are not. Are normally fine. Yeah. I don't want you to think that I got an obscene amount of money either chad i got like 130 dollars, and that was still hard to spend incredible <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's a great place anyway i did not get burned after reading there and mark did not get it there <laughs> um, which is the moral of the story um and then there's richard jenkins then there's richard jenkins the saddest um, boy <laughs> The man who just wants to run his gym and date his employee <laughs> and has a hard time this, doing either. This doesn't fly at hard bodies. <laughs> I love that, like, <laughs> that he has, like, as high a standard as, like, the CIA would have. Like, at right. also, right. I also love when he goes to John Malkovich's house to steal more info, wearing the hard body shirt. And John Malkovich <laughs> says, oh, you're the guy from the gym. And he says, uh, I'm not here representing hard bodies. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, this is the same year he was in Step Brothers, which Chad Gosh, thought about choosing. I did think about choosing. That is like one of my favorite comedies of all time. Mm -hmm. um, this movie's 90 minutes, which is good. Yes. I mm -hmm. like that about it. Um, sure. Hey, if we're saying good. movies that actors in this were also in, uh, The Year of Benjamin Button, which is like the exact oh, opposite yeah. of this movie for Brad Pitt. <laughs> I need to rewatch that one. That's Incredible. one I don't remember. It's good. It's on Netflix. I uh, just watched it. Ooh. Um, this is also the last Cohen that's modern. Um, hmm. At all? I don't think there's been another modern one since. Lewin Davis was a period piece. Hail Caesar was a period piece. You got the Western Ballad by True Drugs. was a period piece. Yeah. yeah. A yeah. Serious Man is in the 80s? 60s. And that's next year. Yeah. Yeah. So like this is this is the last like set in the modern day, which is not like they have many that yeah, are. Yeah, I mean like Fargo in Raising Arizona are the only other ones I can think of. But then there's all those other ones that we haven't seen. What about like uh is Blood Simple modern? Yeah, day who knows? Because we haven't seen them. Hudsucker, intolerable cruelty is set. 
that's one I need to rewatch because that's one we watched in the apartment or in the dorm room lobby and I got distracted and bored really easily on it but I also think it's one that most people don't like all that much because it's just like a rom-com I think um, that the Coen's directed weirdly Um, anything else you guys want to say about this movie? Um, it's it's very funny. I am still confused about uh how you don't find it funny. Although I, I do think, it's think fine. the time I watched it before this, I watched it with a bunch of people and enjoyed it much more than I did this time. And I think that that's just something of true of comedies. Is you yeah. know the, yeah. the more people you watch it with, the the, the funnier it is. Oh, and talk um, about watching it with people. This movie goes down as one of the most fun movies in the world to watch with someone who hasn't seen it and to like just wait for their reaction when Brad Pitt gets shot like halfway through the movie. It's it's, it's like the most shocking and surprising thing. Chad's some- uh, Zoom Did background I- right now is Brad Pitt the yeah. millisecond before he gets shot and his face like is so funny to me. Because it's, it's very much like the face you make when you, you, like, meet someone and you're, like, introducing yourself and trying to put on, a like, a nice face. Yeah. And you can tell he's about to be like, hey, how are you? And yeah. just he just gets, like, shot I... right through the skull. Jeez. What are some other movies that kind of do that for you guys that are the, so, like, so fun to show people? Waiting more, for more recently, The Invisible Man. Invisible Man's a great moment. That is one I was mm-hmm. thinking of. There's, uh, um... We talked about it recently. The Departed. Departed. Yeah, that, that third act is good like for a I just reason. watched that uh, with Laura, and she had never yeah. seen it before. So watching those surprises happen. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Another good one is the original Friday the Thirteenth because that movie is like kind of fine the whole time and a little slow, mm-hmm. but then the literal final moments nobody's expecting and it scares the shit out of everyone every time. So very. I good. haven't seen it. Now I'm curious. Uh, it's. I mean, they're all worth watching at some yeah. point. Um, Every th- them all like is in movies. Like, yeah, all, all movies, movies are, are worth watching, watching at some point. point. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. I'm I'm slowly working through all the like slasher types. I've done all of Halloween and Freddy. I'm gonna do all of. Uh, oh my gosh! You Jason. said Friday the Thirteenth. So, this whole yeah. time I was picturing Friday Night Lights for some reason. The movie. You oh, idiot. <laughs> what? <laughs> Yeah, what did you think like, scared scared the shit out of people? I had no idea. I had no idea. The like the, the thing where the football player gets like fucked up happens like in the beginning of that movie, yeah. doesn't it? I mean um, it happens in the beginning of the show. It's I the pilot know. of the show where the, the quarterback is injured, yeah. But yeah. I don't, I don't know. That's you so idiot. funny because I'm so <laughs> stupid. I was picturing in my head Friday, Friday night lights. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um damn. Um, and then when he started talking about slashers, I was like, other slashers? What? <laughs> Stupid people. Okay. Let, let, let's do some of our usual business. So who who are some of our uh, Best Picture alumni? Uh, well, Cl- Clooney. Pitt. Clooney. And the Pitt. Coens. Yep. And the Coens. And Francis McDormand. McDormand. Francis McDormand. Yep. You've got Have we seen four Tilda? out of the five. Mm, nope. We haven't Richard seen Jenkins, Jenkins we've nominated for Shape of Water. Yeah, but we have not seen him. Okay. This last one you're not going to get, but it is very funny to me. Is it the is it the private investigator guy? The like the lawyer that he tackles or yeah. 
Yeah. What else is he in? He's in Wet Hot American Summer as the weird kid. Right. Yes. <laughs> I love that scene where he's like, "Who are you?" And he like lists the I'm law firm. I'm from Huxton Marsh. You're Huxton Marsh? No. <laughs> I yeah. work for Huxton Marsh. I as soon as I saw him, I was like, "Who the fuck is that kid?" Yeah. I know who he is. And then yeah, he's the weird like magic kid um, in Wet Hot American. My Summer. first instinct awesome. when I see him is always, "Is he one of the Sonic guys?" Because he does kind of look like one of the Sonic oh, guys. Oh, yeah, he, he does. does. He does yeah. He's not. Uh, cape check. Who's, so he, who's, he, who's got Again, capes? we got George Clooney. As the Batman. As the Batman. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Mark, you want to take it from here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's one. There's two more obvious ones. I've no got, problem. Tilda Swinton is yeah. in yes. something as something. She's Doctor the Strange. ancient one in Doctor Strange and yes. Endgame. So there's one. Oh, well, there's J.K. Simmons as uh, J.J. Yes. Jameson. Yes. And then there are one, two, three, four more. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. Think about this. Uh-huh. Is Brad Pitt? Brad Pitt is in uh, Deadpool two as yes, electrocuted invisible guy. Yes, he is. is. That's one of them. Let's think is here. The rest John of these. Malkovich in yep. something. He is in Jonah Hex. Well, I haven't seen Jonah Hex. <laughs> of course, yeah. So there's one favorite superhero. So there's one more. Uh, two more. I love how <laughs> is Jonah Hex even a superhero or is he just yeah. a comic book character? He's got superpowers. I don't know what to tell you. What are his? Does he hex people? He's an undead cowboy. That is cool. I should watch Jonah Hex. <laughs> I heard the movie's like bad, but Jonah Hex is a cool character by all accounts. It's on HBO Max under the DC section. So um, there are some atrocities in that section. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. What is Richard Jenkins in? Nothing. Nothing. No suits. So it's not him. Okay. You guys are going to be mad about one of these, maybe. All right, tell us the one we're going to be mad about. Frances McDormand. She is an Aeon Flux, which I'm pretty positive is a superhero type thing. I don't know what Aeon Flux is. It's a character (laughs) in Kusama movie. Yes, it is. I need to rewatch, or I need to watch it. It's uh, Charlize Theron. She's like a futuristic, like, assassin type thing. It feels comic booky. Seems superhero. I don't know. Are you sure it is an anime? I know it was like an anime adjacent thing on MTV, but I think it's an American produced thing. Um, I don't know. It's like, uh, it Ooh. feels close. According oh. to Wikipedia, an avant-garde science fiction animated TV series. Yeah, it's superhero. I um, don't, so I don't know this last actor's name. Okay, hold on. The, my backup, if you guys didn't accept Aeon Flux, was that Francis McDormand is in Transformers Dark of the Moon, and Transformers are kind of superheroes. Mm. Cody, do you know who else is in Transformers? John Malkovich, right? John Malkovich, yes. Yeah. yeah. So, I suspect yep. that the CIA guy who fires John Malkovich at the beginning no. and also talks to J.K. Simmons no. throughout. No. No. It's an actor. He's got to who... play like the president in an X Men uh, movie. Maybe, or I, but I didn't. Is look it like George it Clooney's up. wife or something? Yes, it is Ooh. Elizabeth Marvel, who we have talked about for. Is it just oh, because her Captain name is Marvel? Marvel? No, she, she was in the Mayor the Meyerowitz stories. If you guys remember, she's the sister in that, and is very oh good. yeah, we've we've talked about her before. But she is in the Hulu original Hellstrom. <laughs> She plays See, the mom. She's in, in the MCU. Wow. I, I got <laughs> all I got all well, the ones kinda. I know anything about. So I feel like I Yeah. I won. But part um, of the game is this other part. 
Another incredibly funny line is when she's introduced, someone asks her what she does, and George Clooney just interrupts and goes, she writes children's books. Like, it's the most, like, the <laughs> stupidest job anybody yeah. could ever it's have. It's the most condescending. <laughs> like, not only is it's he not so letting his funny. wife answer a question, he's insulting his wife. I know. Writing children's books, that's actually, like, a that good actually, job. I would love to do yeah. that as a job. Absolutely. Sounds great. So this movie made 168 million on a 37 million dollar budget. Arguably, probably one of the Coen's bigger hits. I'd have to look at the actual breakdown, but that like that's pretty big. I I bet that a lot of their 80s movies were more successful just because they were probably cheaper. And I think Oh Brother made more money, and No Country may have made more money, but I think that's maybe it. True Grit actually made a fuck ton. But the yeah, rest True Grit of them was pretty big. Really. I feel like but No Country of... was a pretty big release too, but it had that yeah. like R. I mean, this has the R rating right. too, but yeah. right. But the, one of their more successful ones. Uh, it has a seventy-eight on Rotten Tomatoes, three point five on Letterboxd. No Oscar nominations. No Oscar wins. It's a shame. Uh, it's a shame. It's it literally is my favorite Coen Brothers movie. And Mark, I where does it fall it. for you? We've kind of talked about how it's like on the lower end of my list. Not last, it's, but lower. It's easily top five for me. I think Fargo is hard to beat. Yeah. Fargo is um, so good. You guys it, keep talking. I will, I'll pull up it, my... It, it was Fargo for me for so long. I think until I rewatched this... And once I rewatched it, I was like, okay, now this is a masterpiece. This is incredible. my two favorite are the ones with a lot of music in them. So. Inside Lewin Davis does rule. I mean, that's that's my favorite. It's, and then Oh Brother is probably mm-hmm. next. Um, and then both Fargo. great. Yeah, they're all good. Wasn't Come there on. a Twitter trend where everybody was ranking their Coens? Uh, yeah, which yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I feel annoyed at us that this is not our last Cohen and it's also our fourth Cohen, but it's also fine. It just like, is like they're very it was good. bound to, it was bound to happen. Three white boys talking about movies. The fact yeah. we've talked about the Cohen's this much. Yeah. Like there's part of me that I'm, is annoyed by it, but like that's what the show is for now, you know. Like, and I am responsible for three out of four or just two out of four. I think you're responsible for all of them except the one that won Best Picture, actually. And like that would have been, would have chosen. I would have chosen had it not been for our rules. Uh, So okay, that's even crazier that they were all you because all of the Danny Boyles were all of us picking a different one, which is funny. Right, and like Um, my Danny Boyles coming up soon. Right, and the Oscars Danny Boyles is coming up even sooner. Uh, Um, I think that like this in Fargo. Or maybe tied for first and no country is second slash I mean, third it, or whatever. However, uh, this is about to work. go poorly. <laughs> it does feel silly to say that like any movie is better than no country, but this is like the one that I do. <laughs> I think a lot of bo- movies are better than no country. It's such uh, a good movie. I mean, uh, didn't we already vote that something's better than no country? <laughs> I think y'all did. I don't know. Where are we at with that? <laughs> I'll check. What did we say? That would be insane if we did, but we may have. We like absolutely did. I'm pretty sure. Nope. You no, guys. It's the you winner guys, right now. Yeah. yeah, it's the winner. That's yeah. annoying. What did it beat? What was the before prestige. that? The Prestige. Oh. Yeah. Prestige beat Pirates? Yeah. Yeah, that's ridiculous to me. 
it really should still be pirate. We've talked about it. We're going to bring back the ones that have lasted for a couple years and put them together because I uh, still think the fact that Titanic went down episode. is uh, fucked up. That It's still I mean, not Titanic. Yeah, it was, it was kind of <laughs> destined to happen. Well, yeah, because we just needed to choose another one. But no, I think there's... because the Titanic is destined to go down. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Yeah. I just, I just think... Is... I also think it's a tragedy that the Titanic went down because hundreds of people died. Sure, sure, sure. But it was a long time ago, so I, I, I just the the every year I'm looking at it and I'm like, we're gonna arrive at the conclusion that Titanic is the best out of the ones. I mean, maybe. But we'll see. what about Jurassic Park, which is what Titanic beat? Jurassic Park, pretty good. Okay, but what we actually have to decide now that I'm postponing because I don't <laughs> want to deal with it is our previous winner is Wally. Yes. Is Burn After Reading better than Wally? So, Cody, I think we all know where this is going. So, why don't you go first? Yeah, Wally, I enjoy more. Wally, um, I don't know. It, it's kind of like Burn After Reading is the Coens doing something that they do very well. And Wally, I think, is kind of challenging what animated movies could be at the point. So, like, while this is a solid entry for the Coen brothers, I don't think it's like a gargantuan step in the way that I felt like Wally is for Pixar. Mm-hmm. Um, but also I just like it better. I mean, it's about a robot falling in love. I don't know. They hold hands. It's cute. I love it. Um, I would like to go next. Yeah. Yeah. Go for it. I was going to let you regardless. Sure. Mainly because uh, that's just the way that dramatic tension works. So yep. it's really fun to me that these two movies were pitted against each other because i think like they're kind of opposites like yes wally takes you to like a really pessimistic future where like everyone is like you know everything seems bad but it shows you it reveals that like life is good and once these people's eyes are opened up to the beauty of life yes it's like it's it changes their lives and they're it's right it's the most optimistic movie i think it's like optimism in the face of total devastation and then right burn after Just reading like is this guy <laughs> sure so burn after reading is this movie where it's like you have these people who are like powerful in dc nobody's happy everyone's getting divorced and like it's just a movie that like it's theming is like what if everything was bad and everyone sucked and uh everyone was kind of dumb and life. Mm-hmm. what if life was bad? <laughs> right. I think they're both incredible. I think they're both funny. Um, but honestly, if, if I have to like take a step back and think like, what is, what is a better like movie as a whole? It's Wally. It, Wally wins. <laughs> oh, well, there goes my dramatic tension. <laughs> oh, I love it. Not just because, not just because, um, it was my pick, but I, but I do think your reasoning is like really interesting. It's like, you know, and, and that happens to me with movies a lot where it's like, you know, the like film person in me who like likes a certain type of movie and that Mm. sort of thing can recognize like how good this is. But like, it's not when I step away and kind of like, what do I want to feel all the time? It leans me towards different movies. And like, that's not to say that like Wally is, would be worse than a movie that's like maybe more challenging than burn after reading. Like I think that there are movies that are like slog, not not slogs, but that that are challenging to get through that are better than Wally. Yeah. Um, 
that are better than Bird After Reading. But oh, like, we'll talk about one in the next episode. That movie's not a slog to get not through. A slog that's, no, that's, that's, actually, yeah, that's a movie about punching clowns. What the <laughs> fuck are you talking about? Um, but no, it's like I don't know. Wally, Wally is a is genuinely a very special movie that like I yeah. kind of I didn't write it off in my head because I've always kind of said like oh it's like one of, it's like the best if not it's one of if not the best Pixar movies ever. Right. I've always said that, but like watching it again, it was just like. Man, life is beautiful. I think I needed that right now in 2021. Yeah, yeah I feel that. Um, Mark, what was your vote going to be? Um, I don't know. There, what's tough is that Wally to me is a movie that I like. Based on my memory, probably would have given like a three and a half. Sure. Based on like how I felt in 2008 when I saw it as like a 14 year old, mm-hmm. and then it like skyrocketed to like a four. Or four and a half, I think I gave it. Yeah. And then this movie was like a four and a half when I watched it a year ago with a bunch of people. And then like when I watched it more recently, it was like I kept it at a four and a half, but I thought about lowering. It's probably like a 4.3 in so my they kind mind of met currently. In the middle. That's interesting. So they kind of like, yeah, it's like, <laughs> do I like stick to my memory of Burn After Reading? But I don't want to stick to my memory of Wally. It's really close. I'll probably give a vote to Burn After Reading just to kind of like, you know, make it vote. make it feel yeah. okay. Yeah, it's the courtesy vote. Right. I don't want to hurt its feelings. Um, but I don't it want is, to hurt its feelings either because I, I mean, like I've said this whole episode, one of my favorite movies ever. But Wally just right. also is one of my favorite movies ever. It's <laughs> it's a good year. We're getting into from some a, good years. From a strategic point of view, I was definitely going to vote for it, thinking that Chad would vote for it, and then it would be an easy win <laughs> for Dark Knight next week. Dark. Because I definitely would have chosen Dark Knight, <laughs> yeah, but now no, Dark Knight versus Wally is a more complicated Ooh. vote. Yeah, I'm going to be uh, next week is going to be week. interesting. <laughs> Next week, I'm yeah. going to have a lot on my shoulders, I think. <laughs> uh, maybe. I love The Dark Knight. Yeah. The, the thing, thing is, like, but... Cody, it, might, it might end up being unanimous, so who knows? But also, maybe But it not. also might end up being unanimous. Also. It won't. <laughs> I mean, who knows? I might hate it when I watch it this week. But like, Oh, this movie does suck. What? Wow, who knew? Yeah, I mean, we've already talked. It's A not Batman? That's my ridiculous. Batman. But... Um, yeah, so great. We we decided what the best movie of 2008 is for now. Cody's um, on Cloud Nine. Yep, up with the Gremlins. Um, <laughs> Mark, you want to tell people where they can find you and a movie you're looking forward to? I forgot to send you guys the list, so I hope you think <laughs> um, something. I think I, I did send the list. I don't you know. You did. absolutely know. did not. I'll come up with something. Go to firstshowing.net. Oh, you can find you, <clears throat> you can find me at Wallington Mark on all social platforms. I'm Just sorry for hemming at you, Cody. Um <laughs> uh, I'm looking forward to watching all of those Amazon movies that I haven't been able to get to for uh, logistical reasons that I won't get into here. But you know, one night in Miami, Sound of Metal, etc. Yeah, those are good. I'm gonna send it in the chat all the movies that are coming out in the next two weeks. Um, uh, Chad, where can people find you? You can find me at Chad A. Oliver on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd. Mm-hmm. And I am uh, really thinking hard about what movies I'm looking forward to. I'm not saying it's a strong two weeks, but there and, are movies coming out. Uh, one Don't thing... Count- 
that, that comes one. to mind is Nomadland, if I can get it. <laughs> See, I, that's the one I was like, well, that says IMAX only. Don't count that one because it's coming to Hulu like in February. But that's fine. You can say Nomad. Well, yeah, I, I, I just, Nomadland, I'm looking forward to. I fully saw on this list No Man's Land, and my mind said Nomadland. <laughs> Yeah, no man led's lower on the list. Again, just returning to the theme of this episode, I'm dumb. Right. Um, awesome. You sure. can find me at Cody Lunsford underscore on Twitter and Instagram at Cody Lunsford on Letterboxd. I am excited for The Little Things, which is Denzel solving a mystery with Rami Malek and uh, Jared Leto is a um, serial killer. It's coming out on HBO Max the same day, so maybe my friends will watch it as well. Two of Again, our most deserving Oscar winners. Yeah. but um, And Denzel. And Denzel. Um, who did deserve his <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Probably not enough. <laughs> um, but, but again... I, hey, it looks like a movie where Tinsel solves a crime in, in fucking two hours. Sounds pretty good to me. And then Saint Maud is also coming out that same day, which is what a is horror movie. One? Do what? What is that one? It's an A24 horror movie about a, a nun. Oh, no. Okay, so, so this is like a good horror movie. <laughs> yeah, well, it's like a, like a prestige horror movie. Good. Elevated, so elevated horror, if elevated, you will. Right. Yeah. Thank you. Well, thank no, you. So supposedly that clears it is, things up because I would not watch a horror movie. God, no. it, it supposedly is very, very good. And basically the premise is the girl thinks she's she's been told that she's like a messiah of sorts. Like the return of a Do you messiah. you think she actually is though? Uh, based on the trailer, she's doing some pretty gross stuff, so maybe she's the Antichrist. I don't know. It looks mm. fun in a horror, scary way. So yeah. it's been a while since we've kind of gotten a movie like that. So, yeah. um, are we getting we, a Conjuring movie this year? Hell yeah, on HBO Max in oh, yeah. October, I'm sure. I probably need to watch um, that third Annabelle movie before. I could yeah, it, it's all right. We also have Palmer coming out on Apple TV Plus on January 29th, which is Justin Timberlake tries to win an Oscar. I don't. You guys should Again? Go look up the trailer for that. Sure. When was the first time that he tried? Uh, Trouble uh, with the Curve. Davis? Probably Trouble not, with the Curve. Actually. Social Network. Ah, uh, true. Okay. But, uh, watch the trailer for this one. It doesn't look bad. It just looks kind of like it is what it is. Cody, what was the uh, the Justin Timberlake goes to a planet where time goes backwards movie that you watched on your first date with your wife? He doesn't go to a planet. It's the future but and the currency time. is time. Money is time. Time, time is money. Oh, I'm sorry. That that does make a lot more sense logically than my <laughs> Mark, pitch. No, come on. It was truly a screenwriter walking into a boardroom and he wrote time is money on the board. <laughs> and that is the pitch of that movie. Truly, that is what happens. They were like, what if time was money and people are like fuck man okay let's cast our three most bankable stars justin timberlake amanda seyfried the weasley guy from Mad Men. <laughs> i mean i'd probably just be like the frugalist guy ever and just olivia like, wilde is in it can't. as justin timberlake's mom and she dies because she runs out of money it's it's pete campbell from uh yes is he wearing a wig in the front of his head? Did you know that he shaved his hairline back? Because his his uh, Pete Campbell, the character, has a receding hairline. So there are like pictures but he of him actually does on on red carpets where he he has shaved. You can like kind of see the stubble oh of his gosh. hair growing back. No, sir. Uh, it's absolutely insane. I love that it. That is disgusting. And that wonderful. is really gross. I'm not into that at all. 
send y'all a picture. Okay. Well, let's wrap things up. Uh, we'll see everybody uh, in a couple weeks. Uh, remember to listen to Live and Let Cry. Uh, Chad is the guest on that episode. We will be talking about Kramer v. Kramer. It'll be out the last Friday of this month. Um, yep. Uh, thanks for everybody for listening. And remember, my mother had an ass that could pull a bus. In 14 days, our next episode will drop where we talk about The Dark Knight. Uh, it's the best Batman movie ever made. Uh, Cody agrees with that. You can find it on uh, the DC subpage. No. Max. Okay. Yeah, yes. I know what I I'm talking you were about. I thought you were about to tell him to go to DC Universe, which is losing all yeah. film content in like two days. <laughs> Listeners, I'm dumb, but not that dumb. Yes, it's on HBO Max. So watch along and then listen listen to the show. Bye, everybody. There's so much.